Welcome everyone, welcome in once again to Scout Team Sports. I am your host, Devalian. This is your special Thanksgiving weekend edition episode. And we are more than happy to bring this to you uh, every year at this time. I want to say, first of all, all, a shout out to all of my subscribers. Appreciate each and every one of you for continuing uh, to support this podcast. Special shout out to you for the support. Happy uh, Thanksgiving to all who do celebrate this holiday. And wherever you are, I hope that you are well when you are listening to this podcast. And I hope that um, you have a good and great holiday uh, weekend. Uh, whatever the case may be, whether you celebrate it or not, if you're with family or you're with friends, um, I'm just hoping that things are good for you and you have something to be thankful for. Uh, I'm never going to assume that everything is the greatest for everybody. So if anybody is needing uh, this prayer, then I pray that um, things get better for you, that things do uh, start to look up for you, starting with today on Thanksgiving. So I'm hoping that things uh, start to look better for you moving forward. Uh, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for the be the opportunity to be able to pray for anybody. Um, and, um, you know, if, if this is not uh, what you believe in, you know, I totally respect that. Uh, but um, this is just something I do because I care and, and about people and I love people. So um, my prayers go out to anybody who needs prayer, who needs this day to be better and their lives to be um, better moving forward. If they've had a hard time for however long, uh, then this prayer goes out to you. <clears throat> and for all of those who are, uh, who do have something to be thankful for, um, this prayer goes out to you as far as things continue to get even better and for you to enjoy this uh, Thanksgiving weekend. But now we're here to talk about some good old football. This is the 2022 2023 NFL season week 12 no buys uh this uh weekend and that is of course because of Thanksgiving and you have three games count three games a triple header for Thanksgiving and so we're going to get to all the games we start off with the Thursday games and we start off with the first one uh that is going to be at uh Detroit if you will and it's going to be Bills at Lions. So Bills at Lions, it starts at 9.30 a.m. And uh, because of the triple header on the east, on the uh, west coast, I'm seeing this time. So, of course, on the east coast, this will be 12.30 uh, p.m. uh, when this game starts. Uh, So Bills at Lions. Uh, Bills, I I mean, I figured, yeah, they wouldn't um, go undefeated this year, but I didn't think they'd have three losses this soon and I didn't think that they had the losses against the teams that they did Miami seeing how Miami is now I can see that Jets eh, and then Bills I mean um Vikings it was a tough one I get it so I'd say maybe at least one of these losses they definitely should not have had but I mean they're still a playoff team they're still one of the top seven teams in the conference so they should still make the playoffs they are playoff bound lions on the other hand not so much uh, but i am impressed with the lions um being four and six i have predicted all four of their wins actually so um you know and, and just because you know i know what jared Goff and that offense can do and like i said he's not a superstar uh, by any means but he is doing a lot with a team that really doesn't have any stars on offense has a horrible defense and they uprise and shock and surprise you by leaps and bounds. I predicted the Packers, uh, they would beat the Packers. I didn't think they would beat the Giants and they did. <laughs> so, um, but I don't think it's going to happen here. This is the one game where I think the road team is going to win. And yeah, I, I've never agreed with the whole Lions and Cowboys only getting to have are hosting um, Thanksgiving games every year. 
I really wish it would get mixed up more, but it, you know, it's uh, it's locked in with somebody. Somebody likes it and somebody wants to do it and it's what we got to deal with. So <laughs> Uh, you're lucky to get a good matchup every now and then if the teams are actually good. Most of the time the Lions are not. Sometimes the Cowboys are. Sometimes they're not. The Cowboys actually are good, and we'll get to that game. But as far as the Bills and Lions, Bills need this game uh, because they are neck and neck with the Miami Dolphins, and the Dolphins actually own a tiebreaker over them right now. Um, so with that being said, I don't see them losing this game. The defense is not going to, the Bills defense is not going to allow Jared Goff to get loose uh, as he does against most of the bottom half of the league as far as defenses are concerned. It's not happening with the Bills D. Uh, and then Jared, uh, Jared, Josh Allen, sorry, if you want to go to Jared, Josh Allen should do well uh, against this Lions D. Yeah, they clamped down and surprisingly held back Saquon Barkley, but Overall, this team is not that good on defense at all, uh, and it would be an atrocity if the Bills were to sputter on offense against this team. Um, yeah, it would be an atrocity if the Bills did not uh, take advantage of this weak defense. And yeah, they could be getting better. They, that's always possible, but it's not enough to where they should be able to overcome or hold off Josh Allen, Singletary, and Stephon Diggs and company. So I'm picking the Bills uh, here over the Detroit Lions. Start off Thanksgiving Day. <clears throat> and next we get to probably the premier matchup uh, on the docket for Thanksgiving because the Cowboys are good this year. Look at that. And the Giants are good this year. Both teams 7-3 tied for second place behind the Philadelphia Eagles and this is critical because uh the winner gets has a, a notch over their division rival as well as uh right by being right behind uh the Philadelphia Eagles for um first place in the competitive ultra competitive as to ultra non-competitive just two years ago ultra competitive NFC East where I still think regardless of who wins here I still think the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys all make the playoffs. Uh, so, uh, but it, you know, playoff season is going to be interesting. More than likely, the Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles, two of those, two of those three teams are probably going to meet for a rubber match in the playoffs. So this is critical to see who has to deal with who a third time and who doesn't. So we'll see how that works out for all three of these teams. But as far as the Giants and the Cowboys are concerned, Giants coming off of a loss to the Lions really really surprised by that that they were able to and I mean you, you pretty much know the 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 game plan to beat the Giants but the thing is can you actually execute it and of all teams that I would not expect to execute it it would be the Lions defense and they were able to execute it they let uh they um minimized Saquon Barkley and they tried to force Daniel Jones to beat him and that's the that's that's the recipe for beating the Giants because if you force Daniel Jones to beat you, I mean, that's not his game. He's not that good of a quarterback, but he can be a good game manager. Like I said, Saquon needs to be the star of the show, and then Daniel Jones just fills in a couple puzzle pieces, if you will. Plays a clean game, doesn't have to win the game, you know, can go for about maybe 200 passing yards, 250 passing yards at the most. That'll probably happen maybe one to two touchdowns and no picks. That's his game. That is Daniel Jones' job. It's uh, the job of the offensive line to help Saquon Barkley shine. And then, you know, Daniel Jones fills in the pieces. But if it's if you're shutting down or slowing down Saquon and then the Giants uh, have to rely on Daniel Jones and that wide receiving core that they have in order to come back from behind, I don't have confidence in that at all. And now you're going up against you. You sweated like that against the Lions defense, the Lions defense. And now you're going up against the Cowboys defense, one of the best uh, defenses in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, they, they already saw that game plan. You know, they're watching the crap out of that tape, uh, especially on a short week. And so now they got you coming into town. And yeah, they're, they pretty much already knew the game plan. 
But then they're trying to see how did the Lions do it? And it's like, oh, well, you're better than the Lions. Um, now, I don't think that that would equate to overconfidence for the Cowboys, D, but they're going to be taking in all accounts. They have the Lions do it. We know how we should do it. They're a division rival. You know, we know them just as good or better than the, than the Lions do. Um, so um, that is the recipe for success. It is to slow down Saquon Barkley and it's to force Daniel Jones to beat you. Now, if you're talking about on the other side of the football, um, when it comes to the Cowboys offense against the Giants, deep, now if the Giants were giving up 31 points to the Lions, like I said, Derek, Jared Goff is no slouch. He's not the greatest, but he's no slouch. But, I mean, you know, at that point, that's that's where it's going to be uh, tricky because I don't, I don't, and I know this may be controversial as well, but I would honestly right now, I would honestly put Jared Goff as a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. And I know that's saying a lot, but if you look at how they play, yes, they both make mistakes. They both make some dumb decisions and things like that. But if you were to put Jared Goff on Dallas, if you were to put Jared Goff on Dallas, he would be playing a lot better than uh, Dak Prescott, in my opinion. He would be. See, people forget, yes, he had some bonehead plays. There were times where he just totally messed up when he was an L.A. Ram, but he did lead them to a Super Bowl, okay? He did lead them to a Super Bowl. That's something that Dak has not done with the Cowboys yet. And this was when Dak, and in, in years past, Dak had better weapons. Dak had better weapons. In years past, Jared Goff had better weapons, and he got his team to a Super Bowl. Does that make sense? So, right now, I, I, I would say Dak is the weak link. He's got to prove himself. He, to me, he still has to prove himself. Not as far as being the leader of the team. I'm not questioning that. But I'm questioning his play in clutch moments. His play in clutch moments. If, for by some chance, the, uh, the Giants' D does happen to slow down Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott, and in this case, I do actually like the running game better of the Cowboys than I do the Giants because Giants, you got Saquon and it's all Saquon. It's he's a dynamic running back. He's going to catch passes out of the backfield. He's going to run a little bit in between the tackles. He's also going to run outside the tackles. But that's even though he can do all that, it's still a lot for one guy. I like the tag team combo because it's it's uh, less wear and tear on one guy. And it technically makes you more durable at the running back position when you have two guys, one that can run in between the tackles and Zeke Elliott, and then the other guy who can spring outside, outside the tackles and screen passes and whatnot uh, with Tony Pollard. And then Tony is like, Tony Pollard is a slasher. He's a slasher, and then uh, Zeke is the power guy. I like that combo better to wear down a defense in the running game. So, um... At that point, yes, um, if you just give me one running back, yeah, okay, I'm taking Saquon. But in this case, I'm taking the running game of the Cowboys with Zeke, with the Zeke-Pollard combo. Uh, and to me, that would be more effective. So if they can do what anything close to what the, the, the Lions offense did uh, to, um, to the Giants D in the style of the running game, then that gives me uh, more confidence in the Cowboys uh, winning this football game. And that is who I'm picking to win this football game because if you just think about what I said, both teams running game, going to pick the Cowboys because of the Zeke and Tony Pollard combo. Then defense, going to pick the Cowboys because of who they have to face. I trust the Cowboys D to do well against Daniel Jones uh, much more than I do Dak versus the Giants D. And if you think about just the two combos, just of the two. Now, if you, I, I compare Jared Goff to Dak Prescott, but let's deal with what we got here. If we're talking about Dak and Daniel Jones, I'm going to pick Dak. And I'm going to pick Dak against that Giants D. Because if the Lions were able to do what they were able to do, even though I do like Jared Goff better than I like Dak, I think Dak can do something close to what Jared Goff was able to do to this Giants D. So I don't look at it as a pure domination game, but I do look at it as uh, at least maybe I would say a touchdown to maybe a four point win. 
So I'm thinking this is still going to be close. So I'd say a touchdown to a four-point win, seven points, four points, but the Cowboys seal the deal with their defense and win this game at home on Thanksgiving Day over their division rival, Cowboys. Next, we have this game, which I'm like, why is this one on Thanksgiving? I mean, you got the Bills at the Lions. You got a really good team there. Um, you know, going up against the Lions, I mean, and it's like, it's, there's nothing we can do as far as the Lions being there. Um, but then the Patriots, the extra game, aside from the Lions and Cowboys always hosting Thanksgiving, is Patriots at Vikings. Now, Vikings coming off of a humiliating loss to the Cowboys. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see necessarily that the 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 Vikings would just roll over the Cowboys. But I did see a much more of a fight than what I saw. That wasn't a fight. That was, yeah, that was yeah. But like I said, it's the same formula for the Vikings. I always say if Dalvin Cook cooks. Then the Vikings are productive. They can win the football game. But you cannot try to put this thing on Kirk Cousins to win the football game. He's not that guy. And just because he has Justin Jefferson to throw to, the reason Justin Jefferson is able to break open and is able to get almost 200 yards of receiving per game and be on pace to break the, the record, which he's probably not now, for uh, re receiving yards in a single season, is because Dalvin Cook, controls the defense by his running game he's so much of a threat for a home run ball at any time on any down running outside the tackles running in between the tackles that it is then too much of a threat for him to uh too much of a threat for the defense to just let him stay where he is or put minimal minimal coverage against him in the running game to where you then have Dak Prescott, I'm sorry, to where you then have um, Kirk Cousins uh, able to fling the ball all over the place to Justin Jefferson. And mainly it's going to be Justin Jefferson catching the ball and getting his yak. It's not going to necessarily be Kirk Cousins just throwing bombs. Now, I'm not saying that Kirk can't throw deep, but I'm saying most of what Jeff Justin Jefferson does is Justin Jefferson. But he can't throw the ball to himself. So if he can't throw the ball to himself, that means that it's Dalvin Cook controlling the safeties, bringing him up close, giving Justin Jefferson one-on-one -on -one coverage on play-action pass, and that's how Justin Jefferson, or that's the best way to get Justin Jefferson free. So it's really about Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook not being able to go the way he needed to go was the reason why the Cowboys stomped a mud hole in the Vikings last week. So, this is it's not going to happen this game, of course. It's not going to happen this game, of course, uh, when it comes to uh, the Patriots. I really don't know why they selected this game for uh, Thanksgiving. But, hey, uh, like I said before, the, the, the schedule makers need to be fired. They need to hire me because I will do much better. In terms of putting the best games on primetime television, yes, even before the season starts, I would do better. And uh, making adjustments at the last minute, like I know that they can for the schedule to put better primetime, put better matchups on primetime television. So uh, I don't think too many people are going to be watching this game, especially with it being the last game. By this time, 5.20 p.m. Pacific time, by this time, yeah, everybody's going to be full of turkey and they're going to be sleep except for Vikings fans. That's pretty much it. So I don't know why you put this game on television, but go figure. But nonetheless, uh, Vikings are better even at quarterback. They are better. <laughs> and that's not saying much. But even at quarterback, the Vikings are better. Running game is better. Defense is better. Uh, overall better. I don't see the Vikings, especially after that humiliating loss, losing a second home game to the New England Patriots. So picking the Vikings over the Patriots. We're going to come back after a break and we will take a break and we will be back after these messages from our sponsor. This is Scout Team Sports. I am your host, DeValiant. Be back in a minute. Scout Team Sports and I am your host, DeValiant. We are back. And after that break, we are finished 
already with the Thursday games and we get to the Sunday games got a lot to get through because like I said nobody is on by this week everybody's playing so everybody should have something to watch or maybe something not to watch depending on how your team is doing and we start off the Sunday games with Broncos at Panthers this is interesting you've got Russell Wilson versus possibly Baker Mayfield slash PJ Walker but since they can't make up their mind, and I don't think it's interim Coach Wilson's decision, we'll just say it's probably Baker Mayfield. And um, going up against Russell Wilson, uh, this is horrible uh, for both these teams, uh, but mostly for the Broncos because most people were pegging them. Hey, they got Russell Wilson. Yes, everybody's saying now, everybody's Captain Obvious now, that... Um, you know, uh, Pete Carroll knew something we didn't know. Um, I don't think it was Pete Carroll knew something we didn't know. It was just that Pete Carroll knew something that we all knew. And a lot of people just weren't willing to admit it. But, hey, you never know when a quarterback who used to be good and is kind of dwindling down, when they get a fresh start, when they get a, a new change, you know, it's 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 not wrong to think that they would do better with a change of scenery, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's happened many times before where a quarterback has gone and done better at, with a new team. And it's also happened where they've done worse with a new team, but, you know, it's the quarterback, and it's a former Super Bowl-winning quarterback. So you had every right as a Broncos fan or as a media outlet to be optimistic about Bron about the uh, trading for Russell Wilson. Um, it's just that mentally... He's not there, and you can see what's going on in the personal life. You can see what's going on. You saw all that stuff uh, as far as the writing on the wall. You saw all that stuff before the trade. So it's not just a change of scenery that you have to take into consideration when bringing somebody new into your into your organization, especially at that number one position. Uh, there was a lot of factors that I think they should have looked at first before doing this. But hey, it's the Broncos. I can't complain because my team is just as bad and um, at least we're not at the bottom anymore <laughs> as the Raiders because we've beaten the Broncos twice as evident by this last overtime game this past Sunday. So meanwhile, the Broncos in uh, that defense, which is to me a good defense, um, I think they should do better. Um, and I mean, not necessarily that they didn't do well uh, against the Raiders, but um you know, because that was still a low-scoring game. But this game, I should, I would think that it'll be even less. All they have to work on is Deontay Foreman, force um, a Baker Mayfield, if he's the one that's starting this this week, to throw the football, and the Broncos should be able to come away with a win, even if Russell Wilson just totally stinks it up on offense again. Uh, but nonetheless, um, surprised and finally shocked that they would do this, and I don't know why they did in the first place. And now I'm glad that they did it all the way up until this past Sunday, which is the Broncos, uh, which is hiring the fumble-prone Melvin Gordon. But he proved his fumble-proneness once again against the Raiders when they were on the verge of scoring the touchdown, <laughs> fumbling the ball. And now the Broncos finally release uh, injury, uh, not injury-prone, but fumble-prone. He's also kind of injury-prone too, but uh, fumble-prone Melvin Gordon. Um from you know a former charger fumble prone there and now the broncos and now the broncos have had enough after losing to the raiders uh for a second straight time this season getting swept by the other team that's just as bad as they are but now you got latavius murray the star of the show uh, i think he's a little bit more capable also former raider i think he's a uh more capable uh that's not saying much but more capable uh running back than um, Melvin Gordon, who they just let go. Uh, and I think the Broncos get an ugly win. <laughs> we'll say an ugly win in this one. I think the Broncos get an ugly win over the Panthers because I don't think this game is going to be nice and pretty for either team. But I'll pick the Broncos over the Panthers just because I think the running game, a low-scoring game, plays to their favor with their defense. And, uh, yeah, I think the Broncos will get a win here over the Panthers.
Next, we have Buccaneers at Browns. I don't see the uh, the Browns winning this game just because, I mean, they are 3-7 and seven for a reason. And I don't think Deshaun Watson is coming back at all this season because of the extra, extra now litigation that's dealing, that's coming on with um, with the Brown, with the Browns. I mean, with his uh, off the field issues. Um, and even if he did, it's not like that's going to help the Browns make the playoffs. So um, this should be a walk in the park, if you will, for the Buccaneers if they're on their game now. Of course, yes, the Browns have the running game. They have the defense, but that really hasn't been clicking that much. And I won't say, I want to say either side, you know, consistently, I haven't seen the running game of the Browns be consistent. And I get it that, you know, sometimes you have to pass the ball. I get that. But even still, from when I look at at the numbers, you're not running the, the football like it's your strength. You're running it like it's just the lead of the team. There's a difference between the lead and the strength of a particular side of the football, especially when it comes to offense. Look, it's clear that you really don't have that much in Jacoby Brissett. You need to be pounding the football. On top of that, you have two capable running backs, not one, but two. And you don't act like you have two because you get maybe one of them. And Nick Chubb, maybe he gets 15 carries. And then Kareem Hunt gets like six. Like that's not a running game that is the strength of an offense. You don't really have a passing game. You even though you have Njoku, even though you have Amari Cooper, you know that's not the strength of your team. And I have yet to see them run the football like it's the strength of their team. There should be at least 30 carries, 15 for Chubb, 15 for Hunt to split amongst them, and then you use Hunt a little bit in the passing game or if you want to tilt the scales a little bit because you're going to be using hunt in the passing game then make it like 20 to 25 carries for chubb then make it maybe 10 carries for kareem hunt and use kareem hunt in the passing game for about five to six targets like come on that's that's the strength of your offense it's those two guys it's not cooper it's not njoku it's not jacoby Brissett. it is nick chubb and kareem hunt and you kept even kept Kareem Hunt when he could have got traded somewhere else and been utilized better, L.A. Rams. But you still got both, and you're not doing anything with them. Like, that's not the strength of the team. You're not showcasing them like they're the strength of the team. And forget trying to wear them out. You're 3-7. and seven. You're not winning football games for the most part. So... Why not? I mean, if there's a strength, if they're the strength of your team, utilize them like they're the strength of your team. And they won't even do that. So to me, that's coaching. That's coaching. Because, yeah, it's obvious you're not, you're not getting Deshaun Watson. And Jacob Brissett's not that good. He's in between average and good. And you still won't utilize that running game like it's the strength of your team. You're not running enough. If you had a more balanced attack, then I could see you running the amount that you do run. But since you don't have a balanced attack, you need to be running more. And it's not like you're going to wear down one running back because you have two good ones. So do that. And they're probably not. So uh, Tom Brady is probably going to win this game just because even though I do put stock in that Browns D, uh, he's going to wear them down because their offense is not going to produce enough. Um and I think him and his wide receivers and his running game, if they decide to use it, <laughs> and Leonard Fournette, and that's always the key, if they decide to run the football, which they don't do nearly enough, um, should win this football game. Uh, I think the Buccaneers D will definitely come to play here, and they will, if they can uh, shut down uh, or slow down the combo of Chubb and Hunt because the Browns don't want to utilize them the correct way, then... I think it's easy pickings for that Bucks D against Jacoby Brissett. So I'm picking the Buccaneers to win over the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Next, we have going to predict our third straight road victory for Sunday. Ravens at Jaguars. Ravens clearly a better team uh, at quarterback, at running back, and on defense. Um... I would say, though, the one advantage, I would say I, I do like the Jaguars wide receiving core. Now, I do like them. I mean, they're not the greatest at all, but I do like their wide receiving core. I mean, if 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 Lamar Jackson had Christian Kirk, like, come on, dude. If Lamar Jackson had Christian Kirk to add with Andrews that he has at tight end, 
like come on man that that would be something spectacular to me to me I'm not saying they're going to blow the roof off, but that would be an improvement. But nonetheless, the Ravens work on what they have, and still they are a better team, better on defense, better ingredients. Papa John's, pay me, Papa John's. Anyway, um, yeah, so Ravens get better quarterback, running back, uh, receivers. I would give the nod to the Jaguars, but that's not enough. Offensive line, defensive line, I'm giving it all to the Ravens. I don't see how the Jaguars win this game. They are 3-7 and seven for a reason. So picking the Ravens to win on the road at Jacksonville. Next, we have Texans and Dolphins. This will be the first home game on Sunday that I'm predicting is a win for the home team. Texans are backwards in so many ways. It's not even funny. <clears throat> at 1-8-1. And, and the Dolphins atop, atop the AFC East. Uh, at seven and three with a tiebreaker win right now over the Bills. Still have to meet them a second time, which that is that better be a primetime television game. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the Dolphins basically have a bye week this week. They should not allow the Texans to trap them. This is not a trap game. You allowed us to be a trap game. You don't deserve to go to the playoff. Just just quit right now. Okay, this is one of those. This is when you have a bad team like this. You stomp a mud hole in them. You let them know who they are, and you keep it moving. You don't. Just lay, roll your helmet on on the field, decide not to play, and think you're going to win the game. No. Torture them, destroy them, blow them out the way that you should. I mean, if if, if Tyreek Hill was ever going to, uh, if you know that Tyreek Hill is on pace to break that 2,000-yard record, and you know Justin Jefferson ain't going to be able to do it now because he's having much tougher competition. So, hey, Tyreek, take it. 300 yards. <laughs> receiving uh but you know give give Jalen Waddle about like a 150 you know give him a little bit give him a little bit share a little bit okay but then uh Tyreek Hill go and do your thing and the Dolphins should roll in this game so Dolphins in a blowout win over the Texans next we have Bears at Jets I'm trusting the Jets to get on uh to start to try to start streaking together a couple wins as they uh, seen to have been doing before, but the Jets are six and four, so I am impressed. Still nervous about them as far as the playoffs. It is competitive in the AFC, very competitive in the AFC. So we we'll, we will see. Uh, but with them being technically in as in his trip for them to be as good as they are this year, which is the best that they've been in a long time, uh, and they're still in third place uh, behind the Bills and the Dolphins. So, um. You know, when it when it comes to that, uh, and then on top of that, having lost twice to the Patriots is just not a good look for them. But nonetheless, I think that they should get back on track in the win column. Bears have nothing on offense but Justin Fields, and he's trying to be a running back and a quarterback. He's trying to be a full-time running back and quarterback at the same time. Um, it's not going to work. Not going to work. I mean, it's good for a highlight reel. Uh, but other than that, and it's really not his fault because they haven't given him anything uh, to work with on offense. And they took away the only weapon that he had in Allen Robinson. Yeah, it's all bad for the Bears, um, even with their defense. And, and I know there's questions at quarterback in regards to Zach Wilson and uh, Joe Flacco. And they're and talking about it's a game time decision. I still think you roll with Zach Wilson. I get that Joe Flacco can do things as a veteran, but there's a reason why you switch back to Zach Wilson. I don't like this quarterback flip-flopping. Like you, even whether it's the veteran or it's the young quarterback, you give that one the confidence that they're your leader and that through the bumps and the bruises that you're going to ride with them and that builds confidence for the future. Unless, unless you are disascending signals that you're going to try to get another quarterback in this upcoming draft, which is supposed to be dra uh, quarterback heavy, then, okay, yeah, I don't mind all this flip-flopping because you already know you're looking to another young quarterback to be your new franchise leader. That's the only way that I'd be cool with this flip-flopping between your young quarterback and your veteran quarterback. I mean, they just—they already had that issue with Sam Darnold when he was a Jet. Now they've got Zach Wilson, and now it seems like they're having that issue again. Uh, but the thing is, the Jets are—they're are, are, a winning team right now. They're six and four, and it's like—I mean—you got to build on this success. And I just don't see if you're moving forward that you continue to bench or having even in question whether or not your young quarterback should start. 
I mean, this is going to be good for him moving forward. Joe Flacco's on his way out, okay? Number one, Joe Flacco's on his way out. He's already a veteran. It's not like he's going to be playing for the next 10 years. And then two, you're moving forward with trying to get you're in third place in the AFC East, but you do have a winning record. This would be something that you would need for your young quarterback to build on in order for him to continue to get better. He knows what it's like to win football games now and not just lose and be two and and, and be three and seven or two and nine or something like that. Like the Jets are used to. Like this is this is something you need to have your young quarterback be a part of this experience in the hunt, in the dogfight for a playoff spot. This is what he needs to experience and needs to be a part of. You don't need to be benching him right now. Joe Flacco don't need this experience. Joe Flacco been there and Joe Flacco's not going to be there much longer. Joe Flacco doesn't need this. It's Zach Wilson who needs this. He needs this adversity. He needs this test to where he has to keep his team on pace to try to fight for a playoff spot. This is what he needs right now. So you do not take him out. But if they do, I think they're doing themselves a tremendous disservice, even if they are trying to go for a quarterback next year. Uh, I think it's just it's just not a smart move. But that's what science points to. Um, I know the media is talking about that, but I don't buy into the, what the media is saying. I buy into just because of what they're doing. If you're swapping quarterbacks and you got a young quarterback and you have a winning record right now, that tells me that you're looking for another quarterback somewhere else. Uh, but in the meantime, I still think that the Jets as a whole are a better team than the Bears. And so I'm picking the Jets to win over the Chicago Bears here. We will go ahead and take another break, and we'll be back after this. This is Scout Team Sports. I am your host, DeValiant. Be back after a message from our sponsor. Scout Team Sports, and we're back at it, finishing up here for Week 12 of the 2022-2023 NFL season. This is your Thanksgiving weekend special, if you will. Again, hope all are doing well and you have something to be thankful for for this Thanksgiving weekend and that you uh, enjoy football as well as eating. We are getting back into it with our week 12 matchups. No buys this week and we begin or continue rather with the Sunday games, Bengals at Titans. Uh, Bengals coming into this one at six and four after a rocky start to the season. Now seem to be improving, making their stride, going up against a Titans team that is seven and three. In my opinion, has benefited from a weaker schedule here, and now it seems like things may be picking up for the Titans. So we'll see what they're made of. Um, both of these teams possibly playoff bound, but just as competitive as AFC is. Uh, right now, I think um, one of these teams doesn't make it. And I know that's um, saying a lot because the Titans are pretty much ahead in their division. There's nobody really touching them. Um, and so that kind of, to me, leans toward the Bengals maybe not making the playoffs, if you will. But in because of this game, though, I do see the Bengals as a better team. I do see the Bengals as a better team. Now, when it comes to the offense, it's Joe Burrow, it's Joe Mixon, uh, Joe and Joe, and then it's Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins minus Jamar Chase. They sorely need him back uh, as their number one. But, I mean, he's been gone for a while for a reason because this is an injury that they have to get right as far as him healing and rehabbing in order for him to get better. Um, and then it's the Titans where it's Derrick Henry and that defense. That's pretty much what the Titans have. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I still would not trust Ryan Tannehill in clutch situations, especially not in the playoffs. Not trusting him. Not trusting him. That's even before what happened last season, and the season before that, and the season before that. So um, here, just because I think, I mean, the Titans pretty much have their division on lock just by default. Just because the Colts are so bad, the Jaguars so are so bad, and the Texans are so bad, Titans will win their division by default. So I don't think that they necessarily need this game nearly as much as the Bengals do in order for the Bengals to try to get into the playoffs. So I think that yearning, that 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 
that uh, strength is going to be there. Now, yes, Titans want to definitely fight for uh, playoff seeding. Um, but um, this game where they can even with losing this game, the Titans will still clearly win their division. They're still going to be at least in fourth place, if not higher than that. Um, and I really don't think it matters where the Titans land because I don't think that they're going to get past the first round of the playoffs. I just don't see it. I just don't see it because they, they've disappointed me too many times. And like I said, if you put the game on Ryan Tannehill's shoulders, you've seen what he can do, and it's pretty much what he can't do. So um, this game, uh, I think because the Bengals need it more, I am going to pick the Bengals to win. I think that even though their defense is not good that much, uh, not really good at all, they are not facing a Derrick Henry before his foot surgery. They're facing a Derrick Henry who has not really been that explosive now and has not really been that much of a game breaker since post that foot surgery that happened just last year. So um, uh, even though he can probably maybe get close to 100 yards and maybe a touchdown, I don't see much more than that just because that's just what he is right now. Uh, unless he just is going to face the Lions defense and they are just as horrible as they are. And then he just runs rough shot over them. But it's got to be like one of the bottom 10 defenses in the league for uh, to me for Derrick Henry just to break loose. He just doesn't have what he used to have. He's still workable. He's still uh, productive in that regard that he can give them something, but he can't give them what he used to give them. Uh, and I think that plays into the Bengals hands because if the Bengals stack eight in the box and try to force Ryan Tannehill to beat him, I'm like, who is Ryan Tannehill beating him with? Who? You gave away your best uh, wide receiver already just because you didn't like what he was saying. Um, and you knew that Ryan Tannehill was not the quarterback that should that you should be banking on. I'd rather get rid of him, start Malik Willis as a young quarterback um, than to uh, trade away A.J. Brown. Just imagine if you would have got rid of Tannehill, had rookie Malik Willis starting, and him had A.J. Brown on the team still. They could easily be 7-3 and three right now with that. Yes, I believe in Malik Willis. I don't believe he's a superstar, but he could be one in the making, and I think he is capable. If you look at Ryan Tannehill's numbers, Malik Willis could be putting up the same numbers this season. And you'd be spending less money. You'd have a star wide receiver. That would have been better for your team. But they're getting it done by decent running uh, by uh, Derrick Henry. Good defense and pretty much an easy schedule. And to me is why the Titans are 7-3 and three right now. I would not trust them in the playoffs. Uh, and like I said, they're just benefiting from uh, a weak division. If they actually had one other competitive team in their division... I don't think they'd be seven and three. I don't think they'd be going to the, uh, winning the division, and possibly not even going to the playoffs. So uh, they're just benefiting from their uh, the easiness of their schedule, the weakness of their division, and I think, like I said, the Bengals are hungrier. They need this one more. So I'm picking the Bengals over the Titans. Next, you have Falcons at Commanders. A five and six Falcons versus a six and five Commanders. That is crazy. How about that? Uh, you know, I'm impressed with both these teams. Both these teams have more wins than I thought they would have at this point. Uh, and especially I'm impressed with the Washington Commanders because they did the right thing and benched Carson Wentz, which they never should have signed in the first place or traded for in the first place. And they're starting with the guy who is really their leader. He is the heart and soul of that team. You can see it on their faces. You can see it on his face. Taylor Henneke is the heart and soul of that Washington Commanders team. Um, <clears throat> still waiting for that defense to be what I thought that they could be. I think that they can be a little better than what they have been playing so far. But hey, to come off of um, to have won in a uh, uh, win uh, to got a, to have gotten a win over the previously undefeated Eagles to give them their first loss uh, with that guy. I mean, that guy deserves a starting job. He deserves a starting job. Do not flip flop. Do not go back and forth. There better not be no quarterback controversy at the end of the season if you don't draft a quarterback in the draft. If you don't draft a quarterback in this draft heavy and this quarterback heavy draft coming up and you decide to move forward, then, I mean, first of all, get rid of Carson Wentz because like, you're paying him a lot more than you're paying Taylor Henneke, and Taylor Henneke is the one who deserves to start. So you got to fix that. 
Uh, like I said, you should never trade it for him in the first place. But um, I don't see how, I mean, yeah, you could. See, I would say Dak is a better quarterback than Taylor Henneke, but in terms of how they got their starting roles, I mean, it's pretty much the same in terms of how they've earned their starting roles. So you got to eventually pay Taylor Henneke just because of what he's done for this team. You got to pay him and at least lock him up. If you're going to still make him a backup, you got to at least lock him up for like a, a two-year contract or something. Like people, like dudes is getting fat two-year contracts left and right, you know, so that shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be that much of a blow to their salary cap uh, for them to do that because he's at least earned that. Give him a two-year contract extension. Make sure he's the starting quarterback. You want to draft a rookie uh, uh, a rookie quarterback, go right ahead, groom him for the next two years. Let Tanner Henneke start and let this dude learn, let the new guy learn behind him. And then at that point, you decide what you want to do. But Taylor Henneke is done. You, you can't argue with that. He has done more than enough to earn that starting spot. They love him. They, he's a better leader. He's a, he's the heart of that team. He's got the fire that they need to compete and in fourth place, in the NFC East and they have a winning record because of him. They have a winning record because of him. So going into uh, hosting actually uh, the Falcons, uh, I'm going to pick the Washington Commanders just because I like their fire right now. I like the leadership of Taylor Henneke. I like the head coaching of Ron Rivera. They should be able to handle Marcus Mariota and Kyle Pitts and whatever else the Falcons can throw at them, even though I don't think it's that much. Um, and, uh, I like the Falc, I like the, uh, Washington commanders to win this football game. Uh, Falcons to me don't have much on defense. Like I said, Marcus Mariota, Kyle Pitts on offense. That's not saying much. I think the Falcons also have five wins because they have faced weak teams as well, which, uh, the only mind boggling one was them beating the Niners. But other than that, I don't see much from this Falcons team that would suggest that they are contenders or even halfway competitive. Uh, you just benefit from facing weaker teams than yourself. Washington Commanders have kind of sort of dealt with that as well. But, hey, I would still put beating the undefeated Eagles as a top notch. And it was Taylor Henneke who did that, uh, especially with him not starting this season. I mean, hats off to the guy. He's earned it. So, um, And they just play better, I think, when he's in there. And so I think they will win this game and improve to 7-5 and five and still be fourth place in this division that's crazy but the why well, i'm picking the washington commanders uh over uh i mean it's, it's crazy man it's crazy crazy but i'm picking the washington commanders over uh the uh atlanta falcons and they definitely need a buy they need their bye week uh but uh they need their bye week but yeah Picking the Washington Commanders over the Falcons. Taylor Henneke has earned that starting position. Next, we get to the Chargers. And the Chargers are coming back down to earth just like I thought they would. Um, five and five now, uh, having lost twice to the Chiefs. You, you knew that was going to happen. Um, I know the talking media heads thought, like, on stats, oh, it's the Chargers time. They, they got they got the, the roster. They got this. They got that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, you know, this is shaping out to be just what the Chiefs thought it would be, probably. And not to say that the Chiefs are better. No, they're not better with Tyree without Tyreek Hill, but they're still better than the rest of their division offensively. So uh that will get you um that will get you, you know, uh, a lot of wins, especially in your division, which was projected to be a bloodbath, and now we're seeing that it's clearly not, with the Raiders and Broncos both being three and seven, the Chargers are five and five. And the Chiefs with a only winning record in the division. Clearly not a bloodbath at all. Uh, but moving on with the Chargers at the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals are every which way but up uh, in this. And uh, I feel bad worse for DeAndre Hopkins because he deserves better than this. I, I really don't like seeing a, a good, really good, one of the best wide receivers in the game on a team like this. Um, but nonetheless, you know. Um, it says, you know, he was traded there and he's still there. Um, so we'll see what happens when moving forward with him. I would like to see him on a better team as long as it's not the Chiefs or the Chargers or the Broncos. Uh, uh, but moving forward, um, it's just hard for me to have any confidence right now in Kyler Murray. 
and his relationship with Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury should have been fired by now, uh, but he still got the job because of Kyler Murray. But if Kyler Murray's not doing good, that should spell doom, hopefully, for Cliff Kingsbury and a better, more capable, uh, more darker shade of co- of head coach should get the head coaching spot um, for the Arizona Cardinals moving forward because clearly Cliff Kingsbury doesn't deserve it. He didn't earn it, um, and he shouldn't be there. So, um, But with all of that going on, I don't see the Cardinals winning this football game just because, you know, if they were on point mentally, I would pick them to win this game because it's one thing that I know that the Chargers waver on is whether they're on point mentally or not. But with two broken teams here uh, mentally, um, the one that seems the least broken is the Chargers. And so I will pick them just because they seem less broken mentally uh, than the Cardinals are. So I would trust Justin Herbert to be more stable at this point uh, as a quarterback mentally. Um, Austin Eckler, as well as whatever they have left in their wide receiving core, um, even over DeAndre Hopkins because he's just one guy. They don't really have anything else. Um, And then it just depends on if Mike Williams is healthy. I know he's struggling with a nagging injury. If Keenan Allen is ready to roll, ready to roll. Uh, And then they got their uh, DeAndre Carter. Uh, at wide receiver as well so they can they can do some things and then it's if that defense is fully healthy Khalil Mack is healthy and playing his butt off meanwhile uh, other guys that are supposed to be there that are not there because of injury uh, namely uh, J.C. Jackson Joey Bosa uh, Bosa's never been I don't think Bosa has finished a season healthy I don't think he's finished a full season 16 or 17 games. Joey Bosa has not, I don't believe, has finished a season since he started in the league. And they still continue to keep him on the team. I'm like, okay. But anyway, um, all that being said, they all overall are a better team than the Cardinals. Not by much at all. But I will pick the Chargers over the Cardinals. <clears throat> Raiders now getting an overtime win over the Broncos, sweeping the Broncos. Woohoo! That's not saying much. And uh, you got this, them coming in to face the Seahawks, uh, who are still, uh, at this point, um, are still uh, barely, barely uh, leaning their division. But I didn't, I didn't, uh, no, actually, no, because um, they still they have a loss against the Niners and so right now the Niners are tied with them at six and four so the Niners at this point own the tiebreaker but the Seahawks are still there they're still capable they're still available and um, because like I said I mean yeah the Raiders got an overtime win but it's still not a consistent thing for the Raiders to play a full game of offense They've got to get to the point where they play a full game of offense. You need to score something in every quarter of the game. As high-powered and as high-paid as your offense is, you should be able to do that. You should be able to get something in every quarter of the football game offensively. Number one. Number two. Derek Carr is supposed to be a better quarterback than Geno Smith at this point in their careers. But he's not showing that. Hats off to Geno Smith. And the Raiders still, and this is on Derek Carr, the Raiders still are not able, not well enough at all. How much can I more emphasis can I put on this? Are still horrible in the red zone. When it comes to punching the ball in the end zone, in the red zone, and not settling for a field goal or no points. They have to get that together. So, yes, I'm glad they won last week. They're still not going to the playoffs. And until they can prove to me that they can, number one, play a full court, full game of football on offense, because I trust the defense to do that because they're the heart and soul of the team. Yes, they are. Even though they're the least, the lower paid side of the team, they are still the heart and soul of the team. Even though they're not great, they're in between average and good, in my opinion. And they're not good, but they're in between average and good. They're they're getting there, but they've got some injuries they're dealing with too. Their best wide uh, best cornerback Hobbs is on IR, and so you know amongst a couple other things that are going on with them, also uh, Jonathan Abram. 
the Raiders defense still is the heart and soul of that team and is waiting for the offense to catch up. It ain't going to happen this season to where they'll make the playoffs, but they are still the heart and soul of this team. I'm still waiting on the Raiders offense to be what they should be. And they're not even close to that. So until they show me that I'm not picking them, especially against a more, uh, for what I see a better functioning team. Now, if you're just talking about talent, yes, it's Raiders over Seahawks all day. But if you're talking about a functioning team, Geno has got that squad as an unquestioned leader. There's no question who their leader is. There's no doubt or lack of confidence in the leader, in my opinion, with Geno being at the head from the head coach. And the head coach to me is just a better head coach than Josh McDaniels and Pete Carroll. I'm picking the Seahawks. So picking the Seahawks over my Raiders next we have Rams at Chiefs my how the mighty have fallen I don't know this 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 has to be one of the worst post Super Bowl seasons in the history of the NFL just winning a Super Bowl this past season and now the Rams are at three and seven and they're going to be three and eight as they go in to face the Kansas City Chiefs um yeah like I said when you are an office and you don't have that good of a defense uh, in the Chiefs, you can win a lot of regular season games. And we're still in the regular season, so they ain't got nothing to worry about now. Come playoff time, that may be a different story, whether it be in the divisional round, wild card round, divisional round, because, uh, you know, only one team gets a bye this, this, this go around. So we'll see if they have it. They're in the lead right now in first place, but we'll see if that if that stays uh, and the, or, the or the conference championship round. But right now, you don't have to worry about it. And on top of that, the Rams don't have an offense, which is crazy to say. Even with Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, the Rams don't have a good functioning offense. So that plays into the hands of the Chiefs because the Chiefs' defense isn't that good, but they don't have that much to worry about this go-around. They just have to worry about Cooper Cup, and that's it. And so, yeah, this is pretty much a, a squash game in my opinion. So Chiefs all day over the Rams, even with the Rams having a good defense, uh, and still dealing with some injury bugs. The Chiefs over the Rams in this one. And next we have Saints at 49ers. Saints uh, coming into this one against a 49ers team that has been reinvigorated with Christian McCaffrey getting back on track with Jimmy G. Uh, and uh, now are in first place because they are tied with the Seahawks and they have an early win over the Seahawks, although they have to face them again. But right now, the Niners are in first place, as I predicted they would be um, uh, as far as winning this division. Um, but, you know, if the Seahawks win it, I'd be more than happy for Geno Smith to win the division and to get into the playoffs. Uh, but right now, the Niners are in first place. They have sprung back up and they will continue their winning ways against the Saints. I don't see it against the Saints. All the Saints really have is Alvin Kamara. I don't trust Andy Dalton. And, uh, you know, even with Jimmy G being kind of hot, cold sometimes, I'd still trust Jimmy G over Andy Dalton. Uh, and then you've got Alvin Kamara. But, you know, the Niners have a dual threat, probably the best running back combo in the game. Yes, even over Zeke and Tony Pollard, I trust Debo and Christian McCaffrey any day, as long as they're both healthy, any day over any other running back combo in the league. Um and then you've got uh, capable wide receivers in Brandon Ayuk. You've got George Kittle at tight end. And then you've got that 49ers defense who, like I said, all they got to worry about is taking care of Alvin Kamara and the rest is pretty much a wrap. Uh, I don't see the Saints defense making this a low scoring game to where they can possibly win. So picking the Niners over the Saints. Then you get to your Monday night football matchup. One of these teams I can see deserving to be on uh, Sunday Night Football. The other is shouldn't be there, but it's because of the quarterback and his history and his name, and that would be Aaron Rodgers going into Philly to face the Philadelphia Eagles. Going to pick the Eagles in this game. Um, Jalen Hurst still has some some rough edges that he needs to continue to smooth out and continue to get better. I trust that he will do that in this game. Uh, but he just he really has to limit the mistakes, can, can have the accuracy to be what it needs to be uh, and improve and be sharp. Uh, and I see them winning this football game. I think Miles Sanders should do well. 
and he's got his uh he's got one of the you can't say the best but one of the best uh wide receiver combos in the game and just to have two good wide receivers is a tremendous blessing in today's league because most teams are struggling to get one and don't have one and so the teams that do have one yeah they're doing doing all right some teams are some teams are not but then for the most part most teams that have two are doing pretty well so that would be the case with Devonte smith and aj brown for the philadelphia eagles and uh aaron Rodgers doesn't have much and again if he checks out you know this isn't the bears you know this is the cowboys so i don't know if he actually will get up for winning this football game <laughs> he don't care about beating nobody but the cowboys and the bears is it he owns the bears and then he loves to upset the cowboys just when the cowboys are thinking they're really really good and yeah and yeah of course you know because you know he owns the bears and then he doesn't like mike mccarthy so he has to win those two games other than that aaron Rodgers don't care about this season so you know there's been all this talk about starting jordan love yeah they could but i mean you're paying Aaron Rodgers 50 million dollars to sit on the bench I mean, you want to do that, go right ahead. The Packers are making dumb decisions all over the place, so I wouldn't doubt that they did do that either. So, hey, y'all, you guys with your publicly owned team, and no owner to make clear-cut decisions, go ahead and continue to do what you're doing. You got to continue to look like you're running with you're running with your head backwards or something. Like It's just whatever. The Packers, y'all do you, but that's just weird. Uh, yeah. You knew he didn't want to be there, but yet you gave him the money. Okay. Anyway, Eagles as a whole, better team, better ingredients, Papa John's. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to eat pizza on Thanksgiving. I'm not going to do it. I won't do that. I'll be a good guy. But anyway, Eagles a better team overall. They should not lose this game to a 4-7 and seven team. And the Packers, even with Aaron Rodgers, better team overall eagles over packers on sunday night football and then my goodness your monday night football matchup are you ready for it people this is what we've been waiting for pittsburgh steelers at three and seven against the four six and one colts can you feel it this is what we've been waiting for week 12 to to end thanksgiving weekend and we get the Three and seven Steelers and Kenny Pickett against Matt Ryan and the four, six and one Colts. Can you believe it? That's what we've been waiting for. This is NFL football. Am I sounding convincing enough? Am I sounding sarcastic enough? I don't know. Probably not. This is crap. Absolute crap. You could have put any, you could, there's, there's a couple games this week that you could have put on the docket couple games you could have switched i'd rather see the niners right now on monday night football than the colts and steelers at least you got one good team there is at least at least have one good team on primetime television you you got two bad teams on primetime television for steelers and colts you could have put the niners in that spot you already got eagles and packers okay you could have put chiefs and rams at least that's one good team you could have put Seahawks and Raiders, at least that's one good team in the Seahawks. I wouldn't put Chargers Cardinals on there. I wouldn't put Falcons and Commanders, although collectively they have a better record than the Steelers and the Colts. That technically would have been a better game for primetime television. You could have put the Bengals and Titans, Bengals 6-4, and four, Titans 7-3. and three. That could have been Monday Night Football. Wouldn't do the Bears and Jets. Wouldn't do the, I mean, Dolphins and Texans. You could do that. You put the Texans on primetime television before and seen them get a mud hole stomped in them. Why not put them on primetime television and let Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle run rough shot over that Texans defense? Why not? You could have put the Ravens Jaguars. At least Ravens are good. You could have put them on primetime television. You could have put Tom Brady on primetime television against the Browns. What, what are you doing? I'm not gonna spend much time on this because it's just it just it's just horrible. I don't care. I'll go ahead and just pick the Colts just because I don't care. No analysis, no nothing. You know, you don't the Colts fans, Steelers fans, you don't deserve it. Not this, not this game, not this. I would do it if you weren't on primetime television. But yes, this is not your fault. But I gotta do this. I gotta do this. Okay. You no analysis, no nothing. I don't care. Both bad teams. Just picking the Colts just because they're at home. 
flip a coin. I don't care. You should not be on primetime television. Should not. Even before the start of this season. Even before the start of the season, I would not have put this on the docket and think, oh, well, maybe by this this time in the season, maybe these two teams will be competitive fighting for playoffs. Well, come on, dude. Stop. If anybody knows football, you know that these two teams weren't going to be at that at that level. You knew that. So, yeah, that's all you get. But this will conclude our week 12, 2022, 2023 NFL predictions and analysis for this NFL season. I am your host, Devalian. Again, happy Thanksgiving to those who celebrate it. Hope you can be with your families. Hope you can be with someone that you love and you care about at this time. Even if you don't celebrate, just enjoy the time off. Uh, hoping that someone, everyone has something to be thankful for. If you don't, I'm praying that things do get better for you. Okay. Once again, believe until you stop breathing. That's the whole point. Believe until you stop breathing. I mean that. I say that. I have lived it. And we will see you next week for week 13 of Scout Team Sports. Once again, I am your host, Devalian. Appreciate all my subscribers. Please continue to share and subscribe to this podcast as we continue to roll and grow. We'll see you next week.